You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm your host, DJ Impact, and I got a couple of the uh, Vegas Bad Boys here with me. We got Sin City Steve back this time. You know, he uh, he was on this, um, I don't know, staycation or jobcation, whatever one you want to call it. <laughs> and this time we're missing uh, good old Simon Street. So it's it's that time of the year. We also got Matt Michaels here. It's good to see you too. A lot's going on. Major pay-per-view is happening. Uh, AEW, double or nothing. We're going to get into that in a little bit later. Uh, I think the best thing to always do is to kick off with the best wrestling promotion out there, and that is Impact Wrestling. I mean, come on, guys. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> um, Who's I got their it. champ? You say what? Who's their champ? <sighs> Whatever, dude. What, 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 give me a, a, a the champ for who? Don't say Don't get anyone but the world title. No, who's, who's the Impact <laughs> champion? Yeah, do they have tag champs anymore, or did those go to another? So another they do have. Deal? Let me actually. You know what? Let, let's actually start there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hey, Steve, you know what's going on with New Japan? Okay. So, so don't uh, don't be don't be saying that uh, Finjuice. Uh, is over with the tag titles over there. Definitely not. Well, listen, the uh so Finn Juice are um are no longer the Impact Tag Team title holders because that is now owned by Rhino and Joe During from Violent by Design. And um I gotta tell you, it's interesting to to choose them too. I will say that they are a powerhouse uh, in the ring. Now, you know, I don't think their names necessarily is going to bring excitement, but in the ring, it's, you know, it's promising to see what they're able to do. So I will say the, the good thing about having them as champions is now you're at least going to have your attack team, um, your champions on regularly and you get to see them with Finn juice. They were great title holders. The only problem is when, after they finished their match, they, they'll cut a promo that went something like this. Hey, and by the way, we'll give you a title shot when we come back four weeks from now from going to Japan. Huh? Huh? Don't worry about it. DJ. They'll be back before four weeks. Finley walked out. Finley walked out on New Japan, TJ. Did he? Yep. So did Osprey, and uh, so did Jay White. Wait, wait, wait. 
Uh, I don't know about the Osprey and the... Uh... Yep. Breaking news, boys. Wow. Okay. Everybody just leaving, huh? Everyone's all of a sudden just out. What what do you what do you think what do you think of all that? That's out of your curiosity. I mean, what do you what's your take? I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. Um, well, nevertheless, you know, so violent by design. It seems like they're definitely going to uh, uh, build within that group. Also, though, speaking of New Japan, who did make their appearance? On to Impact. I think I can get this name right. Satoshi Kojima. At pretty close in city. You did. You okay. Did. I'm 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 impressed. All right. <laughs> so he made uh, 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 entrance onto the show, and um, he came out, and this was actually at the time where Rhino and Joe during the whole Violent by Design team was in the uh, ring uh, in their ring. He came out, stepped up to Joe During, and said three words that I'm, I'm assuming he's been practicing for the past two to three weeks. Against all odds. And, of course, that is the next uh, Impact's, uh, uh, um, Impact Plus, I believe, sort of pay-per-view. So I guess there's going to be a match between him and Joe During, which after kind of doing a little bit of information on there, um, First off, I guess Kojima is a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. So, uh, I guess that's saying something right now uh, with that. And apparently, I also read that that uh, Kojima enduring. They said they shared the ring several times. Um, hold on, I lost my uh, pay. Here it is. Uh, several times as part of opposing tag teams, but they only have one singles match on record and that Kojima successfully defended the AJPW Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship against During on January 11th, 2010. So that's their relationship right there. Um, so anyway, you'll get a chance to see that match at Against All Odds, which will be coming up in uh, a, a few weeks. But that happened on the show as well with that. And, of course, the major thing is everything is still leading up to uh, the number one contenders match, which it's number one contenders already Moose. He's the one that's going to be going up against um, Kenny Omega. But they're running this storyline right now with Sammy Callahan where apparently um, um, Omega and Don Callis were apparently they're, they're really kind of scared of Sammy Callahan. You know, they, you know, they're really, they're really afraid of him, which is why they wanted Moose because Moose is predictable. Okay. His moves, his move of, of, of doing the spear, that's, that's something you can prepare for or, or Rich Swan's uh, frog splash. That's something you can prepare for. But with Sammy Callahan, you don't know how to prepare for a match like that because he comes in all different types of ways, which you, you shaking your head, uh, Sin City, you agree, right? Dude, Sammy Callahan is extremely unpredictable, yeah. and yeah, uh, he's he's always been that way, right? Uh, no matter no matter the the organization that he's been with, whether he's been on the Indies, mm -hmm. even in NXT for the cup of coffee that he had with them, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Sammy Callahan is extremely unpredictable, and he's an amazing he he's an amazing character worker. Yeah, and uh, anything that he tends to be involved with, uh, he puts absolutely everything that he has behind it. Yeah, and he is one of those people that I enjoy watching from Impact for sure. No doubt. So that's what they're running right now, and 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 so they're having this sort of a beef between Sammy and, and Moose. Moose is already number one, but he's trying to prove. Sammy's trying to prove to Moose that look, dude, you don't need to be in that position because you will lose. You will, it will, you will lose just because you're predictable. So I don't know where they're gonna go with this. I'm sure they're just buying time until the actual uh, pay per view happened between um, Moose and uh, Kenny Omega. But it is a pretty interesting storyline that they're running right now with with that. So other than that, that's really all that that was on Impact. There were some other matches and things, but um, uh, overall, uh, that's kind of where this week's went. So I don't know. We'll see. Let's uh, let's jump over into, I guess, what everybody really want to talk about. NXT. Why don't we go there, man? Let's see what uh, what's your take, uh, Matt Michaels, uh, from this past Wednesday. Sh- oh no, they're not Wednesday, right? Or are they Wednesday? Yeah, okay. Tuesday. Got to Tuesday. Um, um, that just shows you, man. <laughs> my, I've been working so much, man. I get confused on all these damn days, man. <laughs> Every day bleeds together, brother. It Every does. day bleeds together. It does. It's hard, man. Thank God DirecTV keeps it all up for me because I, I don't know. You know, all right, brother. What? Uh, kick it off. What? What's going down? Uh, we'll keep it short and sweet. We got Frankie Monet's first uh, appearance in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, she went out there and uh, uh, wrestled Cora Jade, and uh, was everything it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a build up of a kind of a squash type of match. Yeah. Um, to uh, establish the character a little bit more. Um, we, uh, we still have Andy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, uh, budding relationship, uh, <laughs> happening. So yeah. that's going to be, uh, you know, a nice little thing, uh, going forward. Um, especially now that Dexter apparently drew a room full of drawings with his heart being <laughs> pierced with a dagger, which was brilliant. Yeah. Um imagine imagine uh you know walking into your house one day mm-hmm. and seeing that in your house mm-hmm. and uh realizing that um you didn't mean to break the heart but you did. Um yeah, that could be pretty tough. I, I can't wait till he, he he needs to like kidnap her and eat her or something, right? <laughs> Jesus. I don't think That's she'd extreme. be opposed Right, I mean, she'd kind of like being eaten out by. Uh... Oh, you mean oh, oh, hello. What? <laughs> what are you? What are you thinking? Uh, okay, huh? hey, you know, you never know what you, Michaels. You just never know. I, I just saying, you know, you <laughs> you just you don't know. Uh, uh, Bronson Reed, uh, you know, uh, we. Uh, we uh, get to see that Santos Escobar is stepping up to uh, Bronson Reed. Um, so I think that uh, you're going to see the belt probably on Bronson for a while, I would assume. I would hope so. Um, I really like Bronson. Yeah, man. for a little bit. Yeah. 
I'm really am a big um, fan of him. They developed they've developed him just well, just from how he started to where he's at now. What a great build on him and and his character. And I'm just um yeah. I'm one of the ones that's I, I could definitely see him being uh I, I could see him being a WWE champion at some point. You know, so I hope they continue. I, I know it's kind of like kind of easy, kind of not too quick. You want to go there, but just the potential. I kind of see it can happen further down, but I, I see it there. So how's Keith Lee doing on the main roster right now? I, I know, I know, right? I know, you know, right? that's, that's true. Unfortunate. That's that's is that true. Keith Lee, is that Keith Lee fault? Is or is that the, the people behind the scenes that does? No, we we don't know for sure, but it's hinted that it's medical issues. Mm. But okay. there, because there was something that came out this week, uh, some kind of uh, I believe it was a tweet that um, he basically said that um, when the time's right, he'll explain everything. Oh, boy. Okay. So right. something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Maybe um, he might do it on an episode of Dynamite. He could, he could <laughs> when he's coming out with uh, Kip Saban as his best friend, and uh, so um, the well the played, uh, yeah the, uh, the 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 exciting uh, you know we we think we think we're getting a confrontation between DiBiase and Grimes, and we think based on the rumors going around that it looks like maybe Grimes will become the million dollar champion. And then of course the curveball is thrown and Eli Knight looks like LA Knight uh, looks like he's going to be uh, possibly the protege of the million dollar man now. Wow. Which is a smart move. Yeah. It's a smart move. So I think one thing that they actually did extremely well in that segment was if you if you look at what they did with this pairing prior to this week, everything was from the angle of DiBiase coming across as a babyface and yeah. Grimes coming across as a heel. They did a really good job of completely flipping the script and executing a double turn perfectly. You have Grimes now as a babyface and yep. you have DiBiase as a heel. It extremely well done. I love to give WWE and NXT shit when they do things wrong, but I have to point out when they do things extremely well. This was done extremely well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and it it gives something for um, LA Knight to do. Um, mm-hmm. As we've seen, the the path that they were they just didn't seem to have a, a straightforward path yet. And now it looks like they probably will mm-hmm. um, until uh, we find out that that's not the plan and uh, <laughs> we're, t- we're totally, you know, it's changed again. Um, yeah. But the big thing, big thing, that Baylor and cross match was just fucking impeccable. Oh, yeah. Um, looks Definitely. like... It looks like most likely Baylor will probably be heading back to the main roster. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, he's spoken on how he'd like to, uh, you know, the time's right for him to go back up there. Um, I think too. At this point, 
um, why not bring them up and, uh, you know, add an influx into Raw. Um, don't put them on SmackDown. Put them on SmackDown. Yeah. You know, I mean, the only thing you can do on SmackDown is either have him then in the IC picture, which cuts him down again, or <laughs> feed him to Roman and have that end after three months. Right. You know? Put him on Raw and see if you can get traction out of him. Um, listen, he just wore cross. He's a big guy. Yeah. Why not have him wrestle Lashley? Because apparently yep. there's no one else on the roster that can <laughs> wrestle Lashley. So, um, but you know, that begs to differ too. Um, right now, then what are you going to do with cross in the meantime? Um, you've got to build up to Kyle O'Reilly. You can't just put it together quick. Mm-hmm. So they have to have, I think, another person coming in in this moment to uh, to be kind of that uh, that feeder to maybe take it to uh, the the takeover before uh, SummerSlam. Um, I think that probably would be the uh, smartest thing to do, and then build up O'Reilly versus Cross for SummerSlam. Um, and then who knows when they see, you know, the idea of bringing up cross either. So, so the, you know, it, that Finn and cross match basically closed the door, I think for better word it to, you know, that chapter. And now yeah. we're about to see what the next, uh, you know, the next thing is. Hey, you know, uh, Chris did mention, he says, you know, Balor versus McIntyre would be interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, but, you know, they both are, what, Scottish guys who dress up in face paint, right? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Drew's Irish and Finn's Scottish, right? Uh, Well, they're basically the same, right? Scots and and Irish, they're the same, right? They're in Europe. There you go. TJ, you just don't you don't know what I'm doing, but I'm purposely sandbagging every single person from Scotland and Ireland. Sure. Now we we probably are going to get hate mail from uh, from those people. Uh, just remember, know. always at Matt Michaels. Just always uh, go ahead and at him, and uh, it'd be all right. Oh, I get all my information from Simon Street. So you guys just uh, <laughs> there you go. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Right, right. Uh, cool. Was there anything else, man? You want to knock out there from the show, or um, I, just one point that I yeah, had. Um, sure. I thought I thought that it was extremely interesting. Also, I thought they planted some seeds with uh, um, having Frankie Monet uh, hit the Glam Slam and uh, dispatch of her opponent. And uh, I, I again picking up on subtle nuances. Um, after the match was over, uh, you, you kind of saw uh, Frankie look over to where uh, Beth Phoenix was on commentary. So I think that they're planting some seeds. Hopefully they're pl- planting some seeds. Um, I, I personally would like to see something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, have uh, have Frankie Monet uh, wrestle a match against Beth Phoenix. I, I, you know, I think that I think that they could. You know, they can have what? a great match. Steve, wait, you're selling it short. You're thinking in the short, the the macro there. Let's let's think of, let's think of the big picture here. 
Frankie Monet and John Morrison versus Beth Phoenix and Edge. There you go. There's there's a moneymaker right there. There you go, dude. I'd 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 be down to see that shit. Mm-hmm. I would. So yeah. Well, cool. Why don't yeah, ama- amazing amazing match by by Cross and Balor. Um, you right. you hit the nail on the head. So I didn't I didn't really feel the need to add a whole bunch. But sure, definitely. Yeah, you knew what you were gonna get even weeks out. You, you, you know, I mean, it was it was just it was on. <laughs> and shout out, we see Jade is on, and 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 every time we uh, we mention the word Edge, it's a it's a trigger it's a trigger name for her. She's <laughs> we love you, Jade. We we know your uh, we know your dislike for uh, good old Edge. Um, all right, so let's um, man. How was uh how that double and nothing looking over there, man? You uh you Dude. want to, <laughs> you want to tackle Dude. that or uh... so so it it just wrapped up. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, the main show ended up coming up just shy of four hours. Uh, plus, you had uh, a match on the buy-in pre-show. Mm. Um, all in all, very very solid night uh, for AEW. Um, and and can I just be? Can I just say how awesome it really is watching wrestling with a full house and <laughs> a a rabid house? Like this crowd was hot. Um, they were they were singing along with entrance themes. They were for for all intents and purposes, they really really helped the show. Uh, I don't think that there was any any time during the night where the crowd detracted from any of the the matches going on, which can tend to happen. Um, and you know, you sometimes you'll have crowds that um, are out to put themselves over and things like that. Um, this crowd really, they were just hot for everything. They weren't doing a bunch of chants, you know, trying to you know trying sure. to get themselves over. Um, so. Uh, it all started with uh, the the buy-in pre-show. Uh, Serena Deeb defended the um, NWA Women's Championship against Riho. Uh, that went 14 minutes. Uh, solid match, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's good to see them continuing to um, try to prioritize uh, a women's division and build a women's division. Um, I think we all know that their women's division is not on the level of WWE or NXT or anything like that, but they are planting seeds for that. And, um, you know, if they seeds for that, dude, it's going to take them at least five years to fucking build anything close. Come on, planting seeds. You just said that they fucking, you just made it sound like they just took leaps and bounds and it was on the fucking pre-show. I I (laughs) know. All right. Anyway, <sighs> Matt Michaels, it's good to see you again. By the way, oh yeah. Anyway, and you just uh, getting started. Show, <laughs> yeah, main show get uh, got started with Brian Cage versus Adam Page. Mm-hmm. To my chagrin, there was not uh, you know Ethan Page, and uh, this match wasn't fought inside of a steel cage, but um, <laughs> it was a pretty solid match. Um, the thing that really stood out to me with this was just how much of an just uh, an amazing reaction Hangman Page got when he stepped out onto the stage at the start. And this guy, uh, whatever kind of booking stuff that they're going through with him, um, they've definitely been spinning their wheels with this guy. Just put the rocket on his back, like 
obviously you're carrying out your storyline with Omega. I get it. What, but this guy should be performing at a very high position on the card um, on a regular basis. And it was, it was a solid, solid match. Um, 12 minutes. Hangman page gets the win after a buckshot lariat uh, after the match, uh, more dissension between uh, team Taz as Brian cage shoved a uh, hook and uh, he, he tried to mix it up with Ricky Starks. Obviously Ricky Starks has the best up neck, so he can't do a whole lot. And um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was interesting. So obviously that has completely fractured at this point. Uh, Brian cage, looking to uh, branch out from Team Taz in the next coming weeks. Um, Until next week when he joins Team Taz again in the middle of the ring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, dude, if I I sat here and broke down every single time that there were, you know, booking inaccuracies and things that change from time to time with the other brand, the other company that's out there, Mm. then it would be over an hour and a half of me just – talking about that shit yeah so, but, but you know what Four years of that is is you know acceptable because you're gonna see that shit happen especially when you're doing what is it eight programs on tv where they have i don't know one major program and then a couple of internet shows so yeah i guess the continuity on wwe god forbid <laughs> but AEW, when you have your family and friends cheering for hangman page when he comes through at the full audience that i'm sure paid full price to get you know chris said it best am i the only one that expects steve to drill michaels from behind with the steel chair during steve's weekly aew segment hashtag he'll turn <laughs> i agree with that i think this is about to happen let's get it ready for face. it turn me face <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I was gonna say. I I can't I can't turn Michael's face. <laughs> he hates everybody, and everybody hates him. It wouldn't work. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Good going. Um, yeah. Uh, Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. Um, this match was what it needed to be. Uh, I will say this. I was I was on the fence with them changing up Moxley's entrance music. Um, I thought that it was like going to be a once, you know, uh, a, a, a once off thing. Uh, I speculated that on the show, that um, shit. that just when he was, you know, only defending the new Japan championships or whatever, that he would enter Onita's type music, uh, to an updated version of Onita's music, I should say. But, um, no, they, uh, they continued with the wild thing and I, hate I was on, I was on the fence, but hearing an entire crowd, screaming at the top of their lungs wild thing i was sold i was i was completely fine Shit. with it. it 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 accomplished what it needed to accomplish um and yeah obviously to no one's surprise the young bucks retained the championships in 21 minutes um pretty solid match um it was uh it, it like i said it was what it needed to be so there's that. Then we had the Casino Battle Royale. Um, obviously, they had the four groups of five guys that came out. Um, and then we had the Joker. So nothing really of note until the Joker entrant, which just so happened to be Leo Rush. 
So uh, Leo Rush now in the mix in uh, AEW. So so that's why that, Sean made that comment because I was like, what is yeah. Sean? So Sean yeah. just said uh, Leo Rush deb- um, debuting makes me love wrestling so much right now. Some great things happening with some companies working together. Some not so great things as well. But this generation will see some matches that we didn't get a chance to growing up. So yeah. all right, Leo Rush. Leo Rush now in the mix. So All that's right. awesome. Um, he uh, he did not win the Casino Battle Royale um, and was somewhat unceremoniously dumped out by Matt Hardy. So I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> I'm hoping Dude, that how can you defend this shit, man? I hear me out. Okay, so so a guy <laughs> makes his debut and gets eliminated by an older talent. Okay, well obviously then that's going to springboard into some sort of an angle. And you just have to assume that have to assume that Leo rush goes over and, you know, Matt Hardy is the first few to help establish Leo rush with AEW. Like I said, or so we can hope Um, Matt Hardy's going to try to sign him to the Matt Hardy brand. What the fuck, man? Dude, I, whatever. (laughs) So, in, in any event, um, yeah, it ended up coming down to Christian and Jungle Boy as the final two. Oh. And and Jungle Boy actually uh, dispatched Christian and won the Casino Battle Royale. So that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome to see. And um, that guarantees Jungle Boy a, a, a future AEW World Championship match. Uh, before the end of the show, they announced that that championship match would take place in two weeks on Dynamite. So, uh, yeah. So why the yeah. fuck do they have the Battle Royal? To get the next challenger for Omega, who will obviously lose to Omega. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, it was, uh, after this, that they had a, um, oh, and and again, crowds singing along with the theme songs worked extremely well here. Jungle boy came out obviously to uh, Tarzan boy by Baltimore, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the band that nobody's ever heard of, um, because they were a classic eighties one hit wonder. Um, but in any event, uh, yeah, I, I, I see what they're doing, again, with the entrance theme, getting people to sing it. I Karaoke like it. with AEW. Yes. Dude, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, Anthony Agogo was up <laughs> next against Cody Rhodes. Now, we could say how this match should have gone, and then we can talk about how this match actually ended. <sighs> They had such a prime opportunity to boost Anthony Agogo, to put him over, right, and to make him look like a million bucks, right. I mean, this guy can take you down with one punch to the stomach, or maybe to the face. You you get one of those, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. Even though, dude. dude even though, said, even though. Well, no, I was going to say you, you said face. Cody Rhodes has a goddamn fucking bullseye tattooed on his right. back. Right. Exactly. Just hit him and, right there. The crazy thing is he hit him a couple of times in the match and it didn't result in a pinfall, which strange because right. if you've been watching AEW TV and you see Anthony Agogo come out oh. and he punches Cody in the ribs once and it's like as if the guy got shot with a damn gun. He's down for 20 minutes. Um, 
See, yeah. that's why you got to be careful when you, when you do stuff like that. Because if you're going to build somebody up to a point yeah. where you're making it, you can't then have a match against somebody of now of importance. And now because they take that hit, somehow it doesn't affect them. That well, you know sense. what? Ethan Page is the loser here because obviously all ego in AEW is Cody Rhodes. That's a mic drop. I mean, I can't follow. I can't follow that with anything. Sad. It's sad. So, realistically speaking, I mean, they had a prime opportunity. Um, yes, Agogo looked somewhat green in the ring, um, but he didn't have any spots in the match where he um, embarrassed himself. Like he didn't have any any blown spots, any missed timing issues, any anything that was that was off. Um, it was a very it was a very solid match on his behalf. Um, unfortunately, Cody Rhodes picks up the win, but not with the co- not with the crossroads. For some reason, Cody Rhodes opted to bust out the vertebraker. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess he has to flesh out his move set for the video game. I mean, that's the only <laughs> thing that I can figure. What the fuck? This, the thing is, you could definitely tell that they're, that the crowd was not happy with this match either. Um, before we went on the air, uh, Matt Michaels, if you want to share with, uh, share with the audience, um, I guess that you had somebody that you were talking to that said the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Matt's, uh, the entrances and everything at the beginning of the match is just so hyped up. And the crowd is still into it. And by the end, the wind just fucking went right out of the sails because why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately, I, th- I think that that's, that's what everybody, that's the way that a lot of people felt. Um, I saw a lot of pushback on social media after the match too. Well, look, Chris did say this. He says, Cody's got to look strong and go over for the future child. Long-term booking. This time next year, Cody's kid is going over negative one for a future title. <laughs> there you go, Chris. I, you know what? I'm going to go with that. I believe that's what it is. <laughs> Bro, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Um, great call on that. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Something else that kind of added to it was immediately before this match, of course, um, they were marketing this match for whatever reason as the U.S. versus the U.K., and immediately before this match, they had <laughs> they had a a great tribute to military vets, um, active duty service members, things of that nature, which I'm completely fine with. Sure. Um, if you've watched the show ever, you know that one of the things that I constantly do in you know the the final wrap up segment is I thank the troops, I thank those serving this country. But so that happened. Then this match started. You don't have anything to worry about at that point by having the evil foreigner go over the American Patriot. You do your segment where you bring out real life heroes. Um, they did have a couple of service members on the stage and okay, great. You pay, you pay tribute. You do great things. I'm completely on board with that. So then that in essence gives you a free pass to have the American Patriot lose the match. 
because it will mitigate some of the heat. And it, it, all signs pointed one direction and they go completely in the opposite direction. I don't know where they're going with this, but it's it's really getting to be frustrating. You know, that baby's coming straight out of uh, Brandy's uh, crotch and uh, Cody's just going to pin the kid right away to show him who's actually boss. <laughs> gotta, or gotta start the kid gotta start the kid or the we right could go with off. yeah or, <laughs> or we could go with what sean says sean says cody needs to bring in disco inferno for his kid to beat him at a younger age than hardy's kid did <laughs> so That's hey so true hey <laughs> let's get it going well, they got the working relationship with impact wrestling so Sean, if that fucking happens, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and now wait and see. It'll probably happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Miro versus Lance Archer for the TNT title. Um, this was a pretty solid match. I mean, you had two guys beating the shit out of each other. Uh, it was a 10-minute match. Uh, Miro won in 10 minutes via ref stoppage. Um, long story short, Miro put, uh, Archer into the game over camel clutch and, uh, he refused to tap. Um, but then, uh, Miro wrenched back and, uh, did the modified version that he did, um, to win the TNT championship from Darby Allen and, uh, Archer passed out. So that way they did at least somewhat protect him. Um, yeah. Uh, you do have some props. Happy. Happy birthday, Jake Roberts. I, I was going to say, you have to give props to uh, Jake Roberts for taking an ass kicking from uh, from Miro and having his snake bag thrown across the arena, um, which in, obviously you knew that there wasn't an actual snake in the bag. Um, it wasn't moving around, but of course, you know, what's in the bag? That was always the biggest, the biggest mystery thing with Jake Roberts is which, you know, what 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 snake is going to be in the bag or you know sometimes like how many snakes whatever but the thing is he uh yeah miro picked up the bag after he uh knocked jake on his ass and he threw the fucking bag across the arena by chance did did peter have a message anywhere during the show okay i was curious not at all (laughs) not at all Wait, so really, were, were we really supposed to think that there was a snake in that bag since uh, the earthquake actually s- sat on Damien back uh, right. you know, 30 years ago? So well, the, the thing is, they didn't they they didn't mention anything on commentary about there being a snake in the bag. They just mentioned that he brought that bag with him. So it's playing up to what wrestling fans know that, hey, this is Jake the Snake. He's got a sealed up, tied up bag. So there's probably a snake in the bag. So, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, that was, was interesting. Kid. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> Next was uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Hikaru Shida uh, for the AEW Women's Championship. 17-minute uh, match. Uh, both women gave it everything that they had. Very, very, very solid match. And we have a new AEW Women's Champion as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, made Sheeta tap out to the lockjaw. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was uh, barring a couple of things that were, uh, how should we say, things that people may have to look the other way for. Uh, mispositioning on behalf of the ref, Paul Turner. Um, he point blank saw Rebel hit Dr. Britt Baker with the crutch. Uh, obviously, she was attempting to hit Sheeta. Um, so, you know, it. of course, with that being said, if uh, if Turner was calling it as he saw it, then technically he should have disqualified Sheeta match over so you you botch the entire finish by changing that. Um, so in the event, in in the end, I should say, um, Baker uh, used the new AEW Women's Championship belt, the bigger version, um, obviously, and uh, hit Sheeta over the head with it. Gave her a curb stomp on the top of it. Threw it out of the ring. Uh, ended up get locking on the lockjaw, and uh, Sheeta tapped out. Mm. So. Um, yes, there were, uh, there were a couple of things there, but, uh, all in all, it was, it was a fun match more than anything. Uh, from there we had the sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio sky and Ethan page match. Um, these guys were put into a really, was this the bathroom uh, break match or this was the bathroom break match figure. So they, they were put in a really compromising and unfortunate position. In Wait, my opinion. At this point, isn't every match Sting is in a bathroom break <laughs> match for him? So here's here's the thing is if you go back and you watch this match, Michaels, dare I say you may even be impressed with how Sting did look in the ring. Okay. Um obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that he was like setting the world on fire or anything crazy. But Sting, being 60 years old in that ring, you you just have to figure that you know he's not really going to do much of anything in the match. That was not the case at all. And and you know after watching Dynamite and realizing that Scorpio Sky couldn't tell that that was Sting under a Sting match. Yeah, yeah, great. I'm glad that he's he could wrestle at 60. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Sting, the uh, the blue chipper newcomer, gets the pin by pinning Scorpio Sky, that well established veteran that doesn't need to uh, that doesn't need the win. Um, That's a boy. After 13 minutes. <sighs> Okay. So yes, I, I've talked about how sting impressed me, how I thought that he did an extremely good job. This needs to be it for sting. Um, Sting needs to not have any more in ring uh, standard matches. Um, I'm cool with him having the cinematic type matches, but yeah, it's well, listen, if Brandy can't wrestle and she's that pregnant, I'm sure Sting, being as pregnant as he is, shouldn't be wrestling either. <laughs> and that's probably Cody's too. Oh boy! <laughs> Good lord! Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let me talk yeah, to the producers. Yeah. We we want this clip to be on our TikTok. You got it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Talking to the producers, we'll make sure we uh, we throw that on there. Um, 
Most importantly, though, Sting, I mean, Sin City Steve has spoken, man. It's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. I mean, so here's the thing is I would rather him go out after a match like this than go out after a match where people say, oh, well, he shouldn't have been in that, that match. He shouldn't have wrestled again. Um, this match, I think, is a good one for him to go out on. Um, and it's it's a high for him to go out on. So I don't I don't see, you know, any kind of uh, a big, um, big negative if he was to do such a thing. But who knows? We'll uh, Steve. Steve, Yeah, I just got a text from Tony Khan. He heard you say hi and he was wondering uh, if there's any coke available. (laughs) Throw that on TikTok, (laughs) Tony, if you Tony, if you are watching. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we got to talk. We got to talk. All right. Um, oh, so man. then it was our semi-main event. Ooh, we're getting close to the end. The, yeah. The semi-main event, Orange Cassidy versus Pac versus Kenny Omega in a three-way for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, this match went 27 minutes. Um the crowd was extremely hot for this entire match up until the very end when, of course, you had the outside interference shit kick in, as we've known would happen. Um, you had the Good Brothers come out. You had the Young Bucks come out. Oh, they did all that. Um, of course, Don Callis was out there. Um, long story short, Don Callis... Uh, pulls out, pulls the ref out of the ring as he's making, um, you know, as he's making a solid two count, a definitely believable spot to end the match. Um, so the false finish, uh, Don Callis pulling, uh, pulling the ref out, prompting the the crowd to start an extremely loud and extremely long lasting "fuck you, Don" chant, wow. which uh, yeah went for a couple of minutes. Now the thing that I find interesting is we we have to say fuck you don because you know if, if if you're just typing it out then the event name is double or nothing or don so <laughs> i'm sure they weren't saying fuck you to the entire show they were just saying fuck you to don callis or at least i hope <laughs> right um no very very solid match um i think that yeah, one of the guys in our chat here, uh, Mike, he, he said earlier during the show, but he said bullshit ending to the title match. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was complete bullshit, but I will say this. They did give uh, Orange Cassidy more of a credible attempt to gain the championship than what I thought they would have. Um, there were a couple of times where... Um, I, you know, that easily could have been a, uh, a true finish, but, um, of course, if we separate ourselves from the storyline and realize that this Kenny Omega story arc is not complete yet, well, and see, they're not going to have him drop the title and see, that's been my problem. That's what I've been bitching about from the beginning with this. They're sticking to exactly what they said was going to happen, which doesn't make it exciting. You know, Mike just said right now, another Mike, he said, I I was super foolish for thinking they may let OC win with a giant pop for the huge crowd. 
listen, it's the same thing where I was thinking back when you had um, uh, Rich Swan. But they've already said what they were going to do, and they're doing exactly that. Which says, why should I even care with anything Kenny Omega's in from this point? Because we already know the storyline. Why watch it? That's my whole point from that's my whole point from the you beginning. Know what? But the big but the bigger problem is not necessarily that they're doing it. They're doing it with making it an uncredible finish. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that we've been watching wrestling for 40 plus years on a national level and the same thing that's been happening for 40 years is that people are allowed to run down to the ringside pull a referee out and there's never any repercussions Mm -hmm. so why the fuck do we continue to pay to see that happen well the answer is going to be from the business side of it well the more that the fans are passionate about seeing it finally happen, the bigger build you can have, which is just bullshit. Fans are sick of it. Right. And what's going to be interesting, it's going to be all companies. Are you going to listen to the fans who now you really want to pay to come in to see your events? Or reminder that before the pandemic started, AEW couldn't sell fucking tickets. And if they continue this and the loyal fans, because they haven't built any new fans, if the loyal fans start getting pissed off, then that's what's going to start happening. They're going to not sell tickets. And also, does anyone ever know what their buy rate is? Because amazingly enough, the Observer never seems to publish that. They'll say, oh, yeah, they drew a million views on Dynamite, but what's the pay-per-view buy rates for any of their shows? You never see it. Hmm. So, I mean, stop doing it. It's not just them. All companies, stop this fucking nonsense of having a schmoz fuck over something that you could just very easily have had a pin happen. Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is, Quite bluntly, they could have had a an interference-free match, and this match would have been amazing. Um, that would that is the only thing that is holding this match back from you know being a being a five-star match. Honestly, is the the finish was such shit, and it was so contrived. It was something right out of you know Monday Night Wars, uh, Attitude Era, um, and not the good style. Um, it was in the dying days of WCW. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So that's that. That sucks, and it's becoming a thing where they they're doing it nearly every single time that Omega's defending the championship. Right. Um, so it's 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 lazy booking is what it is. Um, oh, I hope when Brandy's having the baby, a schmoz happens. It'd just be karma for the whole. Dusty Road, Schmaz. We'll see. We'll see a, a Schmaz is what got them into this situation. Oh, never mind. <laughs> anyway. Um, last, oh, but yeah, announcement time. Yay. Uh, so obviously <laughs> everybody knows about AEW Rampage, uh, the new show that is going to be coming to TNT on Friday nights, immediately after SmackDown is finished. Oh, another uh, one? 10 p.m. Oh. Yep. Yep. 
It's only going to be one hour. Calm down. You'll be fine. Right. You'll be fine. And right. it, this this will get you. This this will get you right here. They did announce that uh, one of the analysts that will be on the show mm-hmm. um, and also acting as a coach um, behind the scenes, okay. or, or they said acting as a coach. So I'm assuming that that's going to be behind the scenes stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then they brought him out. Yeah. WWE Hall of Famer, uh, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Wow. Hey, man, I, I I thought out of out of the names that were out there that were not under WWE deals that were former were the our former Hall of Fame or our Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, I I would not have thought Mark Henry as being somebody that they would have targeted uh, to bring into AEW, but. I'm not mad about it whatsoever. And in fact, I I want to see what he has to say. And you can too. Friday night on Dynamite. There you go. There's a plug. Um, no, they said that Let he'll ask- have he'll have a live mic on Friday on Dynamite um in an AEW ring. Just so. out of curiosity, do you do you guys think that WWE, and when I say that, I'm speaking more of the top guys, your Vince, maybe your Steph, Hunter, others been around. Do you when they see that this happened, do you think they really care? Or or do you think they like no. well, good do you think they go good for him? Good for good for Big Show, good for you know, like they're happy, like or do they get upset because of, of this happening? Where do you think which way they they go when they see these these names like disappear? Vince Vince probably still thinks that Mark Henry's on the active roster. <laughs> yeah, he's tag team champs with AJ Styles. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So yeah. I mean, that's that's that. But no, I I I I think that where we there's definitely a distinction and a generation gap because you have people like you know on the on the Vince side of things that um, realistically um, he's a businessman and I, I think that you know he probably feels that they got all of the uh, you know all of all of the blood from that stone. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. So supposedly, um, you know, whenever Big Show um, went to AEW initially and, um, you know, when Paul White started uh, doing the commentary thing, supposedly uh, Vince was was cool with it and actually called and wished him well. Hmm, okay. um, All right. So but that's, always, it, that's, that's always been Vince's, you yeah. know, he, he has always told people from the beginning. If they're going to offer you this, yeah, take it. Yeah, because the the truth of the matter is, is if Mark Henry is around. What is he fucking doing for them? Nothing, mm-hmm. right? And you, you want him as your, you know, he's not going to be a commentator for them. And AEW has signed Taz, Big Show, Mark Henry, and all those guys do are talk, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, who cares? Keep no spending the money, TK, though. T- keep spending the money. Right, yeah. Do it. Yeah. So ultimately, I mean, that's that that's what I think. And then obviously you'll have you'll have the generation under. Uh so like, you know, um Steph and Trips and and um you know the 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 people that are mainly filling out the um the the things in NXT. Um I I think that, you know, they they legitimately view it as a business 
and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I but don't. I don't think Steve. More importantly, though, I think we got to get away from thinking about the business of things because it's not going to be them making the decisions for that aspect. It's going to be the new three-headed monster, the business operations staff that's going to be making those decisions because no. those guys are, are not active talent. No, the, who, who's actually going to make those decisions? It's going to be a fucking mouse, a cartoon mouse. That's who's going to make the decisions. Well, but for, that's what I'm saying. They're, all, yeah. they're already, by putting in place what they're putting in place with uh, Nick Khan and uh, the other two guys, um, you're already setting that up. The only yeah. thing that that the McMahon you know, family is going to have anything to do is with storylines and booking. And that's that. And, and cashing paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is, it is what it is, but um, I can't, I can't wait though until Vince buys the Jaguars. <laughs> Jesus. No, what, what, what Vince will do is he'll buy, he'll buy a rival football team. He'll buy a different football team in the, in the AFC South. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he'll do. He'll buy another team just, uh. just, to, just to fucking fuck with them. That's exactly what will happen. And speaking of the Jaguars, our main event tonight, the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle in Stadium Stampede, and that occurred in TIA, TIAA Bank Field, the home of the Jags. And yes, there was a, an Urban Meyer cameo. Um, he supposedly, uh, evidently, was uh, hanging out uh, at, again, as we had talked about before we went live. Um, yeah, Urban Meyer hanging out at the Jaguar Stadium at nearly midnight on a Sunday night, making game uh, plans up for yeah. September's opening day. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, make make no mistake, this ended up being a cinematic match, um, but uh, you had um, almost five mini or four mini matches. Um, so obviously, you had the pairing of MJF and Jericho. Uh, they did a lot of the brawling in the Jaguars team offices and, and headquarters areas, um, administrative areas. Um, pretty cool uh, that Jericho threw MJF through a couple of panes of glass. Got some good color on his face. Um, so, of course, that always makes for a good visual. Um, you had Wardlow and Jake Hager uh, brawling in uh, storage facilities and in walk-in coolers and freezers and shit, uh, which was cool. Um, you had Santana and Ortiz and FTR get into a literal barroom brawl. They made a makeshift bar um, turn it into a bit of a nightclub um, and they went after each other in a stereotypical barroom brawl. But before they got down to business, they all shared a shot, uh, toasted to each other and then beat the shit out of each other, oh, which was boy. cool. Um, you had, uh, you had uh, obviously FTR and totally Blanchard in there. Um, but then uh, the camera panned to the back of the, to the back of the club where the DJ was. And as the, the DJ came into focus, that DJ was none other than fucking Conan. So there's another cameo for the night. Um, 
<laughs> so you had you had DJ Conan evidently oh. um, doing his thing, um, and he uh, he helped to neutralize uh, Tully Blanchard. Um, but yeah, lots lots of uh, broken beer bottles. Um, I I I think it was uh, I think it was Cash Wheeler was literally throwing beer bottles at uh, at fucking Santana, and they were breaking, and like you would you could see pieces of the bottle in his back. Um, so yeah, that it, it was it was it was pretty cool. Um, and then last but not least, you had Sammy Guevara and uh, Sean Spears um, kind of brawling all around. They had, uh, ironically enough, the chairman of AEW, uh, Sean Spears, just so happened to find the area where they had all of the excess seating for the stadium. And uh, so obviously he hung out in there, had a bunch of steel folding chairs, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> it all ended up... You- you actually mean Sean Spears' dressing room. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Evidently. Um, so, obviously, uh, a lot of craziness was was going on. Uh, they did eventually make their way back into Daly's place, and um, the finish of the match ended up with uh, Sean Spears eating the pin for Sammy <laughs> Guevara. Imagine that, right? Um, now I did, I did find this to be somewhat, somewhat fulfilling in that if you guys think back to last, uh, you know, the last major match that these guys had where, you know, the blood and guts match where it was actually Sammy Guevara that called off the match that said, Hey, we surrender, we're done. So the loss was on him. If you want to look at it that way, um, them, allowing Sammy to pick up the pin over Sean Spears kind of brings it back full circle. It makes it, 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 it makes for good storytelling. Yeah. But um, wouldn't you have had him pin MJF since MJF was the guy who forced him to call quits. Whereas you had, no, cause Sean he was getting, Spears. he was getting his shit kicked by Jericho. Sean Spears out of all those guys in the fucking match, Sean fucking Spears gets pinned because that's what they think about Sean Spears. Unfortunately. Perfect time. Yeah. Perfect time. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in any event, this, this match was, it, it was pretty fun for what it was. I mean, it, it was, a, it was a fight. It was, it, it was good. Um, pretty solid ending to the pay-per-view. Um, and, Guevara actually did pin uh, Spears with the the six thirty senton. I'm a mark for that move. I love I love when anybody can pull off a six thirty senton. So of course I thought it was cool. Um, all in all, very 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 solid show. Um, outside of the the finish to the Cody match, um, I really didn't have too much to complain about uh, other than the way that the finish happened in the three way. Um, Yes, the uh, you know having the, the schmas finish um, is is lazy booking, and yes, it is a crutch. And yes, I really wish that Tony, if you're watching, buddy, please just give us give us a little bit uh, a little bit less of that. Thanks. You give us less of that, we'll give you more sugar boogers.
Well, thank you, uh, Sin City Steve, for that. Uh... <laughs> Evidently, Matt Michaels is the plug for that shit. I don't know. <laughs> Please drink some water, man. Drink some water. That was a lot to uh, take in there. So let's jump over to uh, some really good fun stuff, right? WWE Raw. How about that? Talk about that. Matt Michaels, what uh, what do you think? So, uh, the, uh, uh, the big, you know, the big thing that we're seeing is the, uh, the Kofi and Drew, who's going to face Lashley number one contenders match that of course Lashley fucking interferes in speaking of smazes and you know just complete bullshit again at least this was on raw where it wasn't the pay-per-view but um you know the fact of the matter is is that we have to see this match again next week now because of this so you know it is what it is um my guess is lashley faces either drew mcintyre or kofi kingston at the (laughs) pay-per-view Just, you know, st- I mean, stop with this bullshit. Um, <laughs> then, uh, you know, the other uh, the other thing that was kind of the big setup was uh, Charlotte Flair uh, beating Asuka. Very interesting. CBS and their uh, kind of retelling of what went on the review of Raw made this point nearly 50 of Asuka's 100 most recent matches were either against or teaming with Charlotte Flair. So if you guys just haven't got enough of Charlotte Flair and Asuka, don't worry. I'm sure that they'll probably in some way come across each other's paths very soon. Um, (laughs) Which means we got Nikki Cross... Uh, beating Rhea Ripley uh, by two minutes in the clock running out because, yeah, why not? I mean, right. Sure. And um, most likely we'll see now Charlotte wrestle Nikki Cross in trying to beat her in less than the two minutes. Uh, just you know, set I- up Charlotte versus Rhea. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, with that whole Rhea match, so she looked shocked or upset that she didn't pin her in that two minutes. And I I thought, I I wish she would have, I guess that would have just been an ultimate heel move, but I thought she should have just not cared that she didn't, she didn't uh, pin her because she was beating on her, was stepping on her, just pounding on her. And I think that would have been, hey, it's not even about the pin, which is the fact that I'm just showing how dominant I am. I, I don't... I don't. I don't think she should have necessarily been shocked that she didn't pin her, versus just showing she's dominant over. That's all I'm saying. It's it's hard to say because honestly, she could have been shocked that the time was you know ran out that quick. You know that right. two minutes in reality is a short period of time. Um, you know Charlotte's music hit, and you know it just kind of I don't know. It was clunky. Sure, it was clunky, sure. especially too when you have Nikki, who's only been used recently since she came back on the um you know the the uh whatever the smaller programs are out of the 92 hours of wrestling they produce so yeah um so 
Lewis and Nikki Cross gets a win. I got a feeling that um, she wrestles Charlotte here. And if she gets a win over Charlotte in the same manner, then maybe Nikki thinks she's uh, bigger than she really is. Hmm. And we see Nikki Cross maybe trying to get championship matches or something. I fucking don't know. Just well, it's you know, not it's like just, it's not like Nikki is is a bad wrestler in any way. She can hold her own. It's just that you know, I guess in no, this mix, I guess just in this mix, it looks a little odd. But she can definitely you know run with the with the best of them. Nikki's not the problem. The problem is, is what are they doing with her? Right. No, I get that. That's yeah. the thing. Sure. That's that's all it is. So we'll see. I again, the frustration is if you're going to have Charlotte versus Rhea, just fucking set it up. Um, Sheamus, uh, and it, can can we just get rid of Humberto? <laughs> can we just um, or just if you're going to you you know what. Use him, uh, use him as like make him like Sammy Guevara, like just rip off everything Sammy does right now and just give it to him. Why not? Um, and that's and you know that's that's about. It. I mean they're they're really. Oh, the one thing though. So apparently, um, Shayna Baszler got uh, pissed at Reggie for you know fucking up their match. Um, which is funny because, uh, I guess, uh, Lily went away. So no voodoo. Now <laughs> Shayna just has a guy outside the ring. Like <laughs> just break him up already. Break him up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Steve, you got anything else on raw? Three hours of my life. I can never have back yet again. <laughs> Oh, speaking of not having your life back again, please, um, Cedric Alexander, his voice is so fucking annoying. Oh, my God. Don't ever, don't ever have him cut a promo again. And, Steve, I, 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 you know, I always say, well, trade these guys to a – I have a different thought here. Apollo and Cedric, we trade them to ROH for Angelina Love's silicones it's a two-on-two swap i think it would just damn just be a better better show wow they get no love man they get no love all right fine let's jump over then to smackdown let's see who gets some love over there and see what uh what's going on um what's your big take on that Street Profits Usos, yeah. that was great. Absolutely. I mean, you yes. know, the yes. hype up was good in terms of the first about 10 minutes, roughly, and then about a 20 or so minute time frame of a match. Very good. Um, you know, Dirty Dogs have been great. Um, it's been nice to see them working. Um, the only thing that why the fuck why why did that have to be the main event? Um, why is Dominic able to withstand Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler? Why? And did Dominic, was he the one who took out Ray? It's the only thing that would make sense to me on why you fucking do that is that Dominic's going to do all these kind of 
things that no one really sees that are jackass moves because he thinks he's, you know, better than dad, but probably not. So don't hold your breath. Um, Seth. Oh, oh my God. Real, real quick, Matt. Um, yeah. One thing that I just have to put out there. I'm just hoping and praying that you're completely spot on with what you just said there, because I don't know if anyone has thought about this, but WWE's next pay-per-view is on Father's Day. <laughs> what, what if you have Dominic actually turn on his father and lay him out on Father's Day? Now, would that be awesome if if that booking led to that? You, you, you would finally be like, you've guys done something right over there on that organization. Good job. I I, I would <laughs> completely. Yeah. Um, so we we know you watch the show. So yeah, please, come on, Bruce. right? Come on, Bruce. Come on, man. Um, the uh, Seth Seth blaming Cesaro. And then the fans for what Seth had to do to Cesaro was fucking great. Um, Seth is fucking just, it's incredible. He is nailing everything. And it was his birthday. Happy birthday, Seth. Um, boy, man, people could learn about how you can do something with just using an intention to your words and setting something up one way. And then just laying into it totally different. It was yeah. beautiful to see. Um, Michael Cole going into the break. The pride of Nigeria, Apollo Cruz. Born in Sacramento, raised in Georgia. So but then, but then after watching the match, then I have to go wait. Aziz is apparently Apollo's longtime childhood friend. <laughs> and on top of that, they use the word Nigeria or Nigerian about 50 times. What is that crap? Fuck this. Stop it. Scrap this. Kill it. Because the after that match ended... Uh, by the way, we get to see Kevin versus Apollo again now that Aziz has been banned because, you know, the, the thing you want to tell a guy writhing around, grabbing his neck while he's backstage is, uh, oh, by the way, you'll get him again. Uh, and Aziz is banned. And then Kevin just kind of like looks like, yeah, and then lays back down holding his fucking. Come on. It's fucking ridiculous. But we see Roman and Jay talking after that match and that is what it is about that is storytelling that was fucking great the two of them just sitting there and roman having a conversation with jay about are you sure that that's what you want is your brother brilliant mm -hmm. brilliant and guess what they didn't have to say that he was samoan once mm -hmm. so you know just calling yourself and claiming heritage Listen, the reason it works for those guys is because that is their heritage and family in the business. All right. There's a long line and we know where the WWE wants that line to finally get to. I don't know of another Nigerian uh, table that we can have Apollo Crews 
go to to you know have something come of this it's ridiculous drop that shit and then rick elias boogs is exactly what i put down here how quick will this get old <laughs> and then <laughs> i have a problem with pat mcafee okay because mcafee who is a great heel apparently doesn't know if he's heel or face because when shinsuke comes out he's now popping for shinsuke right it's making no sense especially because then he's trying to then put gable over but he's still putting shinsuke over all right if he's going to be a heel make him a heel but the one thing he does say after shinsuke uh boost comes out and uh shinsuke gets the crown back from uh corbin um with the help of boogs the um so (laughs) michael cole says uh corbin's livid and pat mcafee says so is Elias, but that has nothing to do with the majesty and majesticness of what we're seeing right now. He fucking called out Boogs for stealing Elias's gimmick. That was so subtle and took a lot of balls or a lot of good uh, fucking Bruce Pritchard fucking, you know, on the mic backstage going... Say a lie, say a lie, say a lie, call it out. <laughs> so, I mean, that really, that was worth it. Pac McAfee can be really fucking good. And that's the difference um, between the idea of taking someone like Mark Henry and signing him for big money, I'm assuming, to be on your one-hour show on a Friday night after SmackDown, uh, you know, whatever it is that that, that show's going to air. Um and a guy like Pat McAfee, he's worth it. The guy's worth it. Yeah. Um, and then the, the final question I have is uh, Corey Graves. Uh, does he walk when Carmella uh, is released? <laughs> Good question. Good question. All right. Um, are you good, Sin City? You don't want to add nothing to any of that? Or just want to make sure before we... Um. I thought that, uh, again, uh, Bailey um, being on commentary during the Bianca Belair and Carmella match mm-hmm. um, actually made that match uh, tolerable. Yeah. Um, and that's due, that's due to no fault of Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca Belair is – she is the future of that division. Um, and, uh, yeah, that match without Bailey on commentary, uh, yeah, could have been a lot worse than what it was. Um so Steve, but you got to understand that Bianca Belair is so good and so effortless that in her spare time, uh, she picks up trash and throws it out, um, especially New Jersey trash. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it just keeps going. It Yeah, it, it just keeps going. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean... Uh, 
you 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 did a, an amazing job. I I think that the layers to the um the Jimmy Jay and Roman storyline, um I think that that it, it, superb work by all guys involved. Obviously, you know that Heyman's got his his uh, his mitts in that, and he he's probably the one that's creating most of it. Um, I I can't. SmackDown is. Mm-hmm. SmackDown is all about the bloodline at this point. Um, I, you know, no, no offense to anyone else on the show, but it's, it's unbelievable to me just how much um, head and shoulders above everyone else on that roster. Those three are doing right now with their storytelling. I can't wait to see how well they are presented in a live audience. Are they going yeah. to, Accept it, which we've all been in, enjoying, and 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 should be doing just that, or, or are they just going to shit on it and trying to get themselves over back, you know, back again when they're live audience? That's my only concern. You know, we know that Roman and the fans. It was just, it was just, it it, it hasn't been a great relationship, and we haven't really seen since he's been in this role, how they will react. Now, we see on the screens that they're doing the appropriate things, but you just don't know, you know, and that's what always bothers me about fucking fans is they 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 mess up the way things are sometimes, makes it show not even enjoyable, especially when you're live, you know, there, and, you know, I don't know. I'm just hoping that it stays that well in front of a live audience because it's really good stuff. I, I think that... If nothing else, uh, the um, Roman's cadence in which he's delivering his promos now, it doesn't lend well to getting a babyface reaction. Um, so the the way that he would cut promos previously, um, obviously it was it was designed to elicit more of a reaction from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that with uh, you know the his overall cadence, the way that he delivers his lines. Um, and the tone of voice that he uses, I think that it's going to translate extremely well. Um, obviously, you're going to have those people that are going to cheer for him, um, but I definitely think that those people will be in the minority um, of the crowd. I think that he will definitely be a resounding boo from most of the people. Gotcha. Here's, yeah. here, here's the solution. Never have him talk in the ring. Yeah. Just have all his stuff done backstage. Never have him talk in the ring. Hmm. Yeah, that's then that's that actually way, a really good point too. Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. You eliminate any possibility of them uh, chanting stuff during his because the problem too is his cadence lends for pauses in which the fans will chant shit. Right, that's one of the most annoying things in wrestling. Yeah, what? <laughs> right. All right, man. Good stuff, guys. Um. So just right quick, since City, because you weren't here last week, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, first off, for everyone listening, uh, uh, thanks for listening. We are going to talk. We're going to mention something right quick on New Japan. We got something major to talk about in three counts. So you want to make sure if you're going to uh, stay with us live or um, we're going to be doing that in just a moment for our three count. Or if you're listening to this on a podcast, it releases Tuesday. We're going to talk about this whole thing with WWE 
and New Japan. So don't worry about that. That's one of the big topics we can't ignore, but that's not going to be a part of wrestling talk. The question I want to ask you right quick, Steve, though, is um, you weren't here for last week. Uh, Will Ospreay, what is your take on, you know, this that happened? And what do you foresee this going from this point? Well, so Osprey had a neck injury, mm-hmm. and uh, he had to forfeit the New Japan, um, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, um, which obviously he's very uh, he's very upset about it. Yeah. Um, and just to correct something that was said earlier, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Michaels was just fucking with you, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I, I did. I wasn't sure if you caught on with that, but yeah. um, Will Ospreay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. I I have just seen within the last two hours that there's a potential that Osprey White and um, Finley are all walking out on the company. There is legitimate heard. heat. There is legitimate heat between Osprey and the office apparently. I have heard that. This that part back. I have heard. I've, 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 I yeah. have heard that there's heat, but um, I, I hadn't heard that they were that they had walked out, um, and I hadn't seen anything um, on any uh, any news sites or anything of that nature. But that's not to say that that still might not happen. And one it, thing and that I could, can, and it could be also not actually happening. But that's right. you know we'll see. I mean, we're not going to know for the next you know. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so to answer your question, I think that, um, the way that everything happened, um, new Japan has had a string of issues since they changed over the championship belt. Um, Mm -hmm. if you'll remember, um, they, they put the title on Kota Ibushi, right? Right. From the beginning. And, um, they consolidated the, uh, you know, the, world champ or the IWGP heavyweight championship um, and the intercontinental championship and uh, consolidated those together and made the, the world heavyweight championship. Um, Since that's happened, I mean, we've had more forfeitures than, than um, you know, matches resulting in a championship change. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that that's, that's something that, you know, you can call it a cursed title. You can call it whatever you want, but um, it's almost it's almost like as if the brand new championship is snake bitten right from the beginning. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you do have a situation where it has been announced that uh, the New Japan will be crowning a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion at Dominion, um, which will occur on June sixth. Um, at uh, Osaka Joe Hall, and the two men competing for the championship will be Kazuchika Okada mm-hmm. um, going against Shingo Takagi. And um, the last time that these guys wrestled, they put on an instant classic. So I think that um, this match will be. Um, I, I don't want to say that it's going to, you know, pick up where the other one left off or that it's going to be any better than that last one uh, because it is really difficult to capture lightning in a bottle twice. But um, I think that these guys have the potential to do that. And I think that they have the potential um, to, to do this title justice. Um, 
Everything's touch and go right now. Yeah. Um, obviously, they they had their um, their COVID outbreak. They had a yeah. lot of people that were um, that were off the shows as a result of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, all sorts of travel restrictions, new phases of lockdown, all that kind of craziness yeah. going on in Japan right now. So um, we'll see how things kind of unfold. Um, unfortunately, New Japan is just sort of in a holding pattern. And really, I think that we're going to see the the ripple effects to that um, continuing to occur um, in companies like AEW mm-hmm. and in Impact. Um, we've already discussed the those those companies working together. Yeah. So you know we've we've long speculated that the storyline with Kenny Omega isn't going to reach its conclusion until he's captured the IWGP Championship as well. So obviously that can't happen until someone has the championship. Right. Uh, personally, I I think that it's a no-brainer at this point. You put the title on Okada, and then you also you resume Omega versus Okada. Um, they had a, an amazing string of matches, um, some of the highest-rated matches in our time, mm-hmm. and. Um, Again, talking about capturing lightning in a bottle, um, you go that route with them, and do you put the title on Okada strictly to act as a transitional champion to get that title to Omega? Yeah. We'll see. Thank you much, man. Uh, Everyone, again, thanks for listening. Uh, Three Count, if you're watching, you definitely want to, uh, again, just um, stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about the entire um, New Japan and WWE uh this uh news that broke earlier during the week so we're going to talk about that also uh three ways that brock lesnar can return to wwe we're just kind of discuss that and uh last we're going to be talking about three ways so i'm glad you said (laughs) brock lesnar (laughs) and then lastly uh lastly uh the potential issue of uh for wwe SummerSlam to not happen in vegas as it was planned and we're going to talk about that that's all going to be a part of three count if you're listening to the podcast make sure you download it tuesday's episode so you can get that but if you're watching us live you're going to get that in just a few minutes all right so until then thank you for listening to wrestling talk and we'll see you next time peace Bad Boys of Podcasting.